Yeah, like, leave it outside. There's no reason. What? Like, we don't have time for this. We need <laughs> we to get need out to of go. here, not investigate this weird creature. The ocean like... keeps killing us. Yeah. So could we not? sticky stuff as we do you know we're almost 200 times you know 200 times we've told you almost um we are the (laughs) media literacy show from a horror lens where we explore the real life historical psychological scientific reasons behind our cinematic fears and we have been doing it for 198 times that's insane (laughs) <laughs> do you know how many hours that's so many hours that's 198, 198 hours, hours. <laughs> that's 198 so... hours who wants to hear us say words that much somebody does probably somebody out there is digging us so for episode 198 and then next week 199 we're going to be exploring uh gabe and cat's fears things to hate <laughs> yeah uh and why we should be afraid of them or what like gets under our skin when it comes to film or uh content media things like that yeah so today we're gonna kick off our fears with cat's fear and we've talked about this like ad nauseum (laughs) about what cat is afraid of (laughs) we've talked about ocean fear a bunch of times ironically though i wasn't as scared of this film as i thought it was gonna be i was like really thinking i was gonna be devastatedly scared and i was like yeah, that was scary. Um, but I actually scared myself more when doing the research for this because I was like, <laughs> why is the ocean a horrible time? And I was like, that's sick. That's where I was like, Planet, whatever it is, is a horror movie. And it's just a documentary that told yeah, you Planet about Earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was scarier for me than this movie. But the movie was also very like, action y. So. Mm-hmm. I think you were more afraid of this film when I was telling you about it when I watched That's it alone. Too. <laughs> because uh, at first I was like, I'm going to watch a film called Underwater. And you were like, no, I'm not yeah. going to do that. And so yeah. I was like, I am going to do that. And so I watched it alone <laughs> and I loved it, which I think is really funny because most people didn't love it. Yeah. And I like the first time I watched it, I was like, wow, what a great film. I was really like, this is amazing. I love so much of it. I had yeah. such a good time, and I remember telling you all the crazy things that happened. At the second yeah. time I watched it, equally amazing it. to me. I did live tweet it to you. Yeah, it was like, great. this person just imploded. <laughs> yeah. and, and I was like, like waiting for that too. Like as we were watching, I was like, "When does the explosion person happen?" Yeah, I thought it was good. I don't know why it got so many bad reviews. I thought it was very funny. Um, I guess like if people are like, "I want a really serious film." But it was yeah. in some ways too. Like the message was serious and the message was legit. But yeah, I think yeah. it was very loose with a lot of things that were happening and it kind of didn't decide if it was an aquatic horror or like a monster, like a creature feature. But Fair. arguably, Alien also doesn't know which one it is a lot of yeah. the time. Like it's half face horror, <laughs> claustrophobia, yeah. and then it's also uh, a creature feature. So I think it's okay to be both. And this is a very yeah. alien-esque film. And I will say, like, when you're looking and paying attention to the peripheral things, uh-huh. like, that's what I really dug. I was like, this is really fun. But also, um, the film Underwater, what I liked about it is it really reminded me of certain video games that I enjoyed, like True. Bioshock or um, Soma. Yeah. Which I streamed no, once. Soma, definitely. It had very yeah. big Soma vibes. Uh, it was like slightly less robots. That was like the only difference for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and the you have like more people to talk to. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're not um, absolutely alone. Yeah. But yeah, it was like very fun. I think the acting was really good in it. So like the characters made it more enjoyable too in a lot of ways. Uh, mm-hmm. Who was his name? Paul? 
He was yeah, cool. TJ Miller, which while I was doing research for this episode, a lot of people were like, this was made three years ago. Like it, it, it aired in 2020, but it was yeah. made three years earlier and it's oh, okay. like 80 million, but it was a ridiculous budget. It was disgusting. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. Um, But people were like, this was before people stopped working with TJ Miller because he's like too much. Like he's apparently a big oh. jerk and oh, even no. Houston X canceled him. <laughs> like oh no wow because he was very charming i thought he was very funny and then um i think Kristen Stewart did an amazing job yeah i think she like added to a script that didn't really have a lot of character that's fair in it because they were just like pods to get to the next thing and Uh she was like now we're gonna feel things yeah which is like refreshing for her right because yeah (laughs) the whole twilight time is just like emote yeah no, she did really um, well in Panic Room. That's true. That's true. I and, think Twilight was an isolated incident. Uh, mm-hmm. No, because you listeners, if you're a diehard listener, you've listened to 198 episodes, maybe 197 because you skipped the first one like we asked you to. Um, <laughs> you'll remember when we covered Equals with her in it, uh, and I yeah. went on an incredible right. tangent about how awful that film was. Yeah. It's I, so I vaguely remember that, yeah. Well, she didn't get a miss, so there yes. we go. Win. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess you it's win like some, a win. you lose some. Adventureland, in I think life. she was in. Yeah. That was fine. Um, yeah. the, I would say this is an enjoyable one. Also, she can totally get it in this film. Like, she yeah, was out right. here. Like, in the first part, she was walking around in her sports bra, and I was like, she's really hot. Yeah. It was a very impractical sports bra. It didn't cover any of the sides. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, it felt like it was very industrial. That's fair. And she wasn't expecting was... to run through. Basically. Yeah, I was just <laughs> like, why are the straps look like they're leather? Like, what's happening here? But also, I guess it was cool. I don't know. It's like Gravity, where you know, uh, I forget who that actress is because I get her mixed. Up. I think it's Sandra Bullock. Yeah, it was. It was um, Bullock. Yeah. spends a lot of it in like her underwear when she's not in the suit. Yeah, well, Everyone you can't have a space way. movie or an underwater movie without someone being half naked the entire yeah, time for true. no reason. Ripley is uh, also that she's in her underwear. Yeah, so I think but it's that a makes trope sense of the because genre. it's not just a trope. It's like it's practical because when you're in your suit, you're not wearing clothes yeah, in your suit. Expanse does that too. Like they're naked under there. <laughs> anyway, cat, <laughs> why don't you? All right, so if you. Uh, usually we would have hopped into, um, the films section, but because this is like a special and we're trying to, um, just kind of spend some time with our fears, (laughs) not so much just like, uh, stick to our usual guns. Like I want this to be fun too. And for you all to get to know us, Kat, before we get into like the real reasons why the ocean and underwater is scary, can yeah. tell us a bit about your aquatic horror of like why i'm scared of it yeah sure um so i think it largely stems from my need to know what everything is where everything is and how everything is <laughs> yeah as a person which i mean arguably is just autism uh but like it is very much like we don't know what's down there it is a very open space that is unknown. We don't know what's who's in there, why they're in there, what's happening. There's so much just like scientifically we don't know. From a germs standpoint, it's filled with bacteria. Uh, Some of it's skin eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, why even risk it? It's like, that seems like a very, you know it's in there. So you're like, I'm not going to do that because best case i don't get skin eating bacteria on me uh but worst case i do so it's like <laughs> i would just rather not yeah put myself in that situation um but yeah it largely is because like there's just so much uncertainty and i don't like to exist in spaces that have uncertainty um and also like every time i've gone into the ocean when i was young i'm just I have very stubby arms so like I was just not good at swimming <laughs> um and almost drowned in many instances that like that for anybody else probably would have been fine but I was like I can't float 
Um, so yeah, it's I almost so died many times as well. <laughs> and also waves were rude because they would look small and then suddenly they'd be gigantic and I would be underwater skidding against the bottom of the ocean that was covered in shells and which is salt water. So you have open wounds, ocean, flesh eating bacteria that never happened, but like could have <laughs> arguably with the logic that if you have open wounds in open water, you are going to potentially interact with flesh eating bacteria. I was also almost stung by a jellyfish. Um, I just don't like that you can't see what your feet are doing. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing for you. Don't something can touch you and you don't know what it is. There's just something so horrifying about that to me. And I think all of the sea creatures, they look like aliens. So it's like, I feel like if I, I don't know. I feel like I would also be scared of aliens probably, but it's just something so horrifying about not knowing what your surroundings entail and that makes me want to cry every time I think and it's like I fear it and respect it I want it to have great things I want it to not (laughs) rise I want it to stay where it is and just live healthy happiest time have bright colorful coral and like yeah I want the trash to be taken out if anything like humans should just get everything bad that we've done to it out of there so that it'll stop creating monsters and awakening them which is exactly what this film was all about um yeah that's what it is that's what it is though we are creating the problem by raising the temperature because heat activates all these horrible creatures and like the bacteria increases with heat the the bad things from the bottom come up with heat like there's so many things that the temperature and like us influencing the planet impacts the ocean in so many ways that are terrifying uh Mm -hmm. and sea levels rising i all those things that are in there i want them to stay in there far away from me and if the sea levels rise they're closer to me and that just doesn't that's not gonna work. Sit right. Like if we end up having to be aquatic creatures, like if we end up having to live in boats, I will just die. I don't want to be there. I don't <laughs> yeah, want to be there for sir, that. You should have made you watch Waterworld. <laughs> I don't want to be in regular boats. Like I don't want to be in a situation where I can't leave where I am. Yeah. And boats mean that you can't. Leave. I'm never going on a cruise because what if the Titanic happens and then you're in the ocean with the things you don't want to be in there with, and also probably dead. And it's just like so no, so much no. I don't want to live in boats. We need to save the planet for that. Also, I did consider having us watch Poseidon. Yeah, I've heard that's terrifying film. too. I mean, we still can and talk about it again. I don't know. What do we want to do? I mean, uh, yeah, maybe one day in the future. Life. It. It scares me in Poseidon. Yeah. Poseidon is so scary. It's definitely like, don't go on a cruise ship. Um, but also Ghost Ship, that's a good one. And has Just one don't. of the really cool, like, it has like a final destination death in the beginning that was really cool. And then the yeah. ending was like, what? Oh my God. That's on that stuck with me forever. As yeah. someone who grew up in Florida, <laughs> I love the ocean and no. spent many, uh, much of my youth in the ocean. And like when we go to the beach, I would just go in there and I'd be in there for hours yeah. until like I had to, I was forced to leave. Um, I've also like, you know, caught, caught in undercurrents. I have gone swimming when there are stingrays in the water, when it was like stingray season. I've gone in when it was like jellyfish season. And there's just like every wave you see is just full of st- stingrays or jellyfish. Yeah. <laughs> I have swum with manatees in the clear waters um you swim with all, crocodiles too and snakes I swim with and crocodiles crap. and snakes and all kinds of fish um and i think like in my youth it's just from like ignorance of mortality <laughs> that it didn't really affect me as much you know where it's just like it's cool to be in the water i'm not thinking about the infinite nothing and like that is filled with things i don't understand or like you could pick up like a little octopus and it <laughs> murders you <laughs> like it could disable like all your nervous systems and your heart just stops beating like yeah we're gonna talk about that like you know yeah Yeah. um which is like super applicable for this film because we both freaked out by one of the characters just straight up touching without a glove yeah and it's like you don't know like first of all we're in the ocean like there are so many things in the ocean that are poisonous and you don't know and you're just touching it like 
<laughs> we're like, this is so unknown that we're thinking about what we should name it and take yeah. credit of that. And we're going to touch it with our bare hands. No. Yeah. Um, but I will say this film kind of fits both of our horrors because usually I say that space is very horrific for me. Yeah. But this base and this whole experience of the people space. in underwater <laughs> are essentially space. <laughs> it's the same problems that I have with space in that you're yeah. stuck and you're not supposed to live there. And yeah. anything like once one thing goes wrong, that's Everything it. Goes wrong. That's yeah. it for you. Like you're not supposed to be here. And that it's not the claustrophobia. Yeah. I was just like, okay, nah. <laughs> so like that I get. Like you could swim 47 meters down. I was like, whatever, shark. But this <laughs> it's like, no, the environment wants to kill us just by existing. It's like well, there's pressure here that will implode us. Like that's it. Yeah. Point. Period. There's also just stuff down there that like actively like the ocean is violent. Like there's just so much murder all the time like of creatures on creatures or like parasites on creatures or plants on creatures like i'm sure the regular planet like the up parts that aren't water have that too but like the ocean is just like constant murder all the time and it's just like even the things that live down there don't get to survive very long like their lifespans are literally like throw sperm into the water and then die (laughs) yeah and hope that it just yeah. catches the right like water yeah like literally like and lands on some eggs hopefully. over there yeah <laughs> maybe I will it's literal just constant chaos that's why it's like at the end of blue my body is like why would you want to go in there it's horrible yeah. it's just so- or like octopi like the mama octopus where she like to protect her baby will like eat her own arms to sustain herself because she can't leave them alone yeah like that's how metal it is down there <laughs> so it's really metal. freaking wild yeah yeah so um <laughs> so, so that's why the ocean is very terrifying and cat's gonna go really into some of the creatures you that you should be afraid so of things. um and hopefully will uh make you respect the ocean yeah. care about it take Maybe care check of it out. so they don't come up here we don't want them up here let them <laughs> stay down there yes maybe check out our ways to help section so we can help stop some of these horrible things that are happening to our ocean and keep all them people in there and maybe not awaken archaic beasts that are interdimensional beings that can destroy all of humanity and (laughs) we just don't do that because they're slumbering in the ocean uh but why don't we get into uh underwater do it all right, let's talk about underwater. <laughs> so, uh, fun enough, although like not fun at all, was that um, someone today was like, "Oh, this took place in 2020. That was two years ago." And I was like, "Shut up! <laughs> Shut, <laughs> Shut up! No it, no, it didn't." And I was like, "It's 2022. Doesn't seem real." So, underwater is from 2020, which is two whole years ago from the time that we're recording this. And I think that's insane. Uh, insane. (laughs) But underwater is about a crew of oceanic researchers working for a deep sea drilling company, try to get to safety after a mysterious earthquake devastates their deep water research and drilling facility located at the bottom of the Mariana trench. It's directed by William Eubank, who also did the signal which is a film was like one of the first films I ever saw um, as like a film student where I got like a pass to see a film before it like premiered fancy and it went to this really tiny theater I brought my sister and she's still mad at me because it was such a trippy film (laughs) and she like was very young and she was like why did you make me watch this thing um (laughs) so it like sticks with me as that so thank you uh (laughs) Mr. Eubank for uh making that film and I can have that experience but underwater takes place very that under the ocean (laughs) it's it's under there yeah uh deep in the mariana trench the deepest trench on earth uh is an underwater drilling site called kepler 822 and a bunch of other ones uh and we are first introduced to nora who's played by kristen stewart on the seemingly empty base uh she works for a company known as tian industries uh which is just like one letter away from Titan Industries. And I feel like that would have been really cool, <laughs> but also yeah. on the nose. Uh, but she works for TN Industries and she's a mechanic. Just, not, just a, 
and you would like you would think like if you're employed in an underwater facility you have like a more like not that mechanics aren't important but you think of like hot like engineer or something right and she's like a mechanic like you're like oh right clearly they needed one down there (laughs) yeah yeah well it's just like sometimes you forget that like oh yeah we need like like all the jobs to, yeah. <laughs> like in space there's probably like there well, yeah, you're super far away from anyone else so you like yeah. yeah you need people who know how to do plumbing you need people who know how to do like all the infrastructure you things. need a cook like you need everything yeah. so she's mechanic um and through voiceover we get introduced to the grungy and sad world that she lives in she says under the water you lose track of time you don't know what day and night is um which is super true like you're just in there and it becomes as constant and as 2020 taught us uh when you're inside all day every yeah. day for years you do honestly forget what time is it doesn't exist anymore so we yeah. can relate way more to her experience now than i'm sure that the creators expected yeah. um and giving us incredible alien vibes kepler 82 and the other places she and other workers traverse are incredibly claustrophobic and industrial so much and nora rambles on about her uncaring world illuminating her depressing character when we hear some strange turning creaking sounds that you really do not want to hear when you're underwater yeah <laughs> like there shouldn't be like oh the base has to settle <laughs> like no it should have already settled it should be done settling everything yeah. needs to work the way that it's supposed to work <laughs> um and then well, first of all, she sees a spider and she's like, what are you doing here? Which is a good question. But also she feels a few drops before it becomes very clear that something is wrong because the water is supposed to be outside yeah. of this. And now there's little bits inside that we didn't plan for. And yeah. then the base erupts into a watery grave while Nora frantically runs through the halls, yelling for everyone to wake up and attempts to seal off areas that have been flooded. And at this point, we see many workers rushing to where she is, but there's no time. Like, if she does not close this door, everybody yeah. did. And so she's getting yelled at um, by another character to just seal it up. And she yeah. waits. So honestly, the very last minute, like, she really tried. Um, yeah. And has to seal this place. And so ultimately, it results in the deaths of those workers. Yeah. Um, you just, like, happen to be sleeping. <laughs> like, that's yeah. it. Yeah uh and uh along her journey to the escape pods she runs into other workers who are trying to survive uh so we have rodrigo who's the first person she meets and he's a soft-spoken man who works hard to get to know nora and happens to already know a bit about her um but he's just like someone who you like kind of forget (laughs) because he's just like there um but so nice um and he even like goes as far as like trying to comfort her as she struggles with the unintentional murder that just occurred um and throughout this whole experience he's just like yeah (laughs) it's rough out there but you had to do what you had to do um there's paul who's played by tj miller and he's our strange alice in wonderland obsessed underwater weirdo who serves as comic relief yeah there's captain lucian who attempts to keep things under control and make a man out of the crew um emily who's a glorified intern i mean research assistant who really didn't want to be here in the first place and surprisingly is a voice of reason yeah (laughs) uh she's the only one who's just like like not the only one everyone's like yeah we're messed up we just have to now deal with that but she's like this is messed up (laughs) like we should all just give up (laughs) like I remember at one point Kat you were like they want to live so much harder than anyone does (laughs) they fight so hard to keep going and there's like for why and she the whole time I'm always like no we just give up we just stop doing whatever that would have been me like 100 I'd be like it's what it is that's (laughs) crazy I Yo. should. I wouldn't. Uh, the. I shouldn't have come down here, and I knew that. <laughs> no, who knew this was going to happen? Me, yeah. I did. And now look yeah. at it happening. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then lastly, there's Smith, who is also there. Um. That's it. That's all I have to say about Smith. What a boring character. Uh. And this ragtag group navigates the watery grave and decide the best way to survive is to walk a mile underwater to a different facility but presumably working escape pods because apparently this is the titanic yeah and there's like there were some but they're like broken or whatever but it's just like there's shit like 
There should be pods so that aren't more, just yeah. one person. Like, you know how much space that takes up that every escape pod can only fill up one person? And there has to be like thousands of people who work in this base. How does it work if <laughs> there's not thousands of people? Like, okay. Um, yeah. But however, <laughs> since this is a horror movie and apparently the horrors of being underwater in a base that is taking on water isn't enough to scare people, there are also mysterious beings stalking and picking off our crew one by one, like a slasher. Yeah. Or creature feature, I guess. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> let me talk about before the creatures, the underwater horror of it, because that was what was really interesting to me. I thought, like, when the creatures got introduced, I was like, oh, cool, we got extra. <laughs> but yeah. I was, like, already pretty terrified because, again, claustrophobia, you ain't catching me down there. Um, yeah. And just, like, the fact that the environment wants to kill you was scary yeah. enough for me already. So um, I really enjoy this film despite its bad reviews. And I do understand the disappointment because there is kind of an empty plot. It's just like a walk film, but so is Lord yeah. of the Rings. <laughs> That's true. Um, and there are one-dimensional characters. Like, there's not really any growth <laughs> to say. Um, though That's I do true. think Kristen Stewart did a good job. Uh, but there was something charming and honest about this setting that captured my interest immediately because I feel like it wasn't really about them. There, yeah, it was more it was the about, situation than the characters, yeah. Yeah, it's everything else. It's like what we get to see as they're traveling through this place and what you get to infer about how they got here, that to me was scary and interesting, not them. Like, I don't even care. <laughs> this was yeah, like an environmental that. Maybe that's horror why we film. liked it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I am terrified of closed claustrophobic spaces. Like I said, space itself is terrifying to me because we're not meant to exist up there. Um, but neither are we meant to exist in the ocean. And the amount of care that goes into the construction of these bases, the suits, and all of that is more fascinating and proof that we shouldn't be there. <laughs> like yeah. how much like work we have to put in just to exist and survive down there is like that's too much. <laughs> like yeah. the earth is trying to say, do not come down here. And we're like, okay, but what if we just do all this now? And they're like, why? Um, and so as soon as we're introduced to that suffocating empty facility and Nora just like brushing her teeth and waxing, waxing poetic, I was in. I was like, this is great. Um, and watching crew people not only die from the monsters in the film, but also becoming victims to the environment they were disrespecting by being there was also terrifying. Um, yeah. So let me get into spoilers. <laughs> so definitely check it out if you want to. Um, but like I said, not a lot of people loved it. I think like it's an enjoyable film if you're not expecting like big things from it. You just want a fun creature feature film and just like go in just to have fun with it. Um, and like yeah. Kat still got a lot out of it, even though I live tweeted the entire thing to her. So like she knew yeah. who the big bad was and was like, it's fine. Yeah, I feel like I was watching it like I was watching Alien. I was just like, you know, it's very fun. I don't care. I, I care about some of the characters, but I don't really care about their backstories, essentially. Like, they're in this situation, and that's scary, like you were saying. Like, I feel like that's what really made it more fun than I think if we went in with, like, media analysis classes on. Like, if we watch this for not just Isolation, I'm scared of the ocean. Yeah, I don't, maybe isolation, but like, yeah, I feel like if we were watching it with a different intent, we might not have liked it as much, but because of what we went into, not necessarily expecting it to be making some sort of crazy big statement, um, it was fun. Yeah, and that's yeah totally allowed sometimes. And just like yeah. with Alien, like, it has been around for forever. Everyone knows what the answer is. Yeah. Like, we know what the creature is. You still have fun. Like, you yeah. still watch that, and you're like, wow, this is a fun runaround time. Yeah, like, so. what a wonderful, hilarious, everyone dies. <laughs> Ridiculous film. Yeah, so, um, we're getting to spoiler town. I'm going to tell you how people die. I'm going to tell you what the monsters are. I'm going to tell you all kinds of things. Um, yeah. But it hopefully will make you appreciate this film in the same way that I appreciated it, um, and maybe elevate, like, your expectations, uh, but also, like, keep them in line. <laughs> so, underwater actually almost immediately falls into the like almost failed because it fell into the terrible exhausted overused trope of killing off its only black character and doing that first which yeah. is a big no no especially it's 2020 yeah. what are you doing um i will say that no named characters die 
all around us and in in like you can it's safe to infer that like thousands of them do um but rodrigo is the first character to die that we actually cared about um and how he dies was enough to distract me from that faux pas and also um mamudu uh athi who plays him his performance really had me in my feels like i (laughs) really enjoyed him i thought he was like such a soft kind man yeah and we see like his nervous fear overshadowed by emily's because she's so much louder than him and she's like very vocal like we shouldn't be here and he's just in the background like agree <laughs> like confirmed yeah. um but he's just trying to make it and he, he he very quickly becomes like second fiddle to every other character in there and which is why i think they um kill him off so easily but when i was watching it i was like couldn't he have been smith like yeah he didn't have to be Rodrigo. Like I would have enjoyed seeing like Athi make it to the end, even if he was such a like nothing character like Smith was, um, and have him live. Yeah. <laughs> then like he's worth like protecting more than Smith is, but whatever. Um while trying to flee the deteriorating base, the crew dones these hard suits and submerge themselves in water. And once they reach their location, um, they work to open the doors and pressurize the space that they're in. Um, however, Rodrigo's helmet was faulty and begins to crack. Um, before they like put the suits on, Emily again is like distracting us and freaking out because she's like, I don't even have a suit, which is why I was like, no one should be on this base who doesn't have a suit. First of all, I was like, again, are we in the Titanic? Uh, So she's like screaming. So, and it's the point where like people are trying to calm her down that you don't even hear that Nora's like, some of these are faulty. Like she says it straight out, like some might write. And he takes one and I think he knew. Like, yeah. He's like an unspoken hero in this and it's kind of ridiculous. (laughs) He doesn't get enough like respect for it. But yeah, um, his helmet begins to crack and it's like, the first really terrifying thing that happens like because you're seeing it and then all of a sudden Emily and Nora are like screaming like do not depressurize it or whatever like do not open the door don't do it and as they're doing that the county gets pressurized and Rodrigo just implodes in his suit and it's just black and then they're screaming (laughs) and you're just like what (laughs) because it happens so fast and you're just like yeah as soon as that crack happened, you were like, no, 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 no. And then it did. And I was like, oh, no. Um, yeah. That's why you were supposed to be down there. <laughs> why are you down here? Um, but I did find some interesting factual errors about their suits and the deaths that occur on this helpful website called Movie Mistakes. And they explain uh, the way the implosions were simulated isn't exactly accurate. At that depth, going from a pressurized suit immediately to unpressurized would completely crush you to almost non-existence. Instead, in the cases of Rodrigo and the captain, they seem to explode with such a force and outward exertion of energy that it blows everything and everyone back. The worst being Rodrigo, he implodes, as the movie says, but a regular size, albeit torn off human hand, hits Nora on her helmet later, and I think there was a normal size eyeball that floated by. Again, these parts would be reduced or flattened to an undefinable size. So it's like they don't keep um, things like uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, they don't hold a lot of the rules <laughs> throughout. Yeah. Like sometimes it's like sometimes this is how science works and sometimes this is how science works. Yeah. Because um, I think there's like a part where like just like the suit integrity doesn't make sense in some of those yeah. spots. Um, They also mentioned that the hard suits the drivers wear have soft, relatively normal gloves and soft joints, more akin to a football uniform with armor over spandex. They are at the bottom of the Mariana Trench at 36,000 feet below sea level. The pressure is over 7,000 PSI, whatever that science equals. Uh, (laughs) Without a hard suit, they would instantly be crushed. So it doesn't make any sense that they have these like flimsy gloves. Um... I was like that again this is so terrifying why are we here where just like our suit not being it kills us yeah um and also there is an issue that Kat and I had with the ending which was addressed in one of the factual mistakes reports and it says the Kepler's energy core is a huge nuclear reactor it can easily obliterate the whole station so its accessibility should be protected by all kinds of fail-safe systems and high-level security protocols yet Nora a simple mechanic can fire it up 
and overcharge it without any password, key card, identification method or such, only by pressing a few buttons and then space, not even enter. Uh, there's not even a confirmation process before switching the reactor to terminal overload. And it's like a few seconds. Like it was like- Yeah, like you could do that by mistake so easily. <laughs> yes, so many. And like throughout the whole film, like- she like they try to get into like a, a door and it's like oh this thing doesn't work and she's just like oh I opened it up and I connected two wires and now everything works yeah I was like that's not that's not either the worst yeah um I think the real horror uh of this though like the environment is super interesting uh as we find a lot in our exploration of film happens to be people <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and these are things that like uh influenced my appreciation of the film because I enjoyed these like small background details that you have to like fill in as you're going so yeah. there's like these announcements throughout the base um there's flyers on the wall and even the company's goal um were horrifying and haunting itself yeah. um the vibe, like I said before, reminded have, reminded me heavily of the aquatic horror games Bioshock and Soma, specifically with Bioshock, because they feature an underwater civilization that relied heavily on propaganda and was reminiscent of 1984. Yeah. And in Underwater, we learn about tea and industries through the signage in the facilities and the announcements over the intercoms, reminding the workers that they're not just part of the team, but a part of the family, and yeah. to file complaints with their supervisors. And we hear, like... <laughs> hear the file complaint with your supervisor and like text a cat about them and it's like at the time when like everything is exploding it's just like I'd like <laughs> to report that I don't want to be here anymore like I'm yeah. gonna report that like this is a bad idea for everyone to be here yeah um and uh seeking refuge Nora finds herself on another base that had been previously abandoned and that site was full of posters and other paperwork encouraging hard work and obedience um and it felt so eerie to imagine that the life they lived before the earthquake and how horrifying it was to work for this company. Um, yeah. It was very clearly like when I was watching it, I was like, this is anti-capitalist AF. <laughs> it was like, yeah. this is like, people are totally neglecting like all this stuff that's happening. That's telling you like the villain is tea and industries. <laughs> it's not the ocean yeah. actually. Um, and in the end credits, we learn more about the film's background and about tea and industries specifically. Uh, we learn that the year is 2050, which is not far away. Uh, and despite strange sightings at drilling sites, the industry uh, is persevering and drilling for natural resources despite that. Um, the company refuses to shut down even after the horrific acts that occur in this film and they silence the two survivors um yeah. and it's not too far off from our current state of the world uh and despite the existence of monsters this film is completely believable <laughs> like it could also besides, those like, monsters the, probably exist but yes continue. also yes um in some form right uh yeah. and we've covered this in episodes previously like the bay where we explore that those in charge ignore horrible events and they cover up the murders of thousands while the money hungry industries continue to siphon the resources from our planet without any respect of understanding for the effects or the limitations of those um yeah. that we're running out of them they're not an answer to our problems and they're just going to cause more drama um yeah. and emily again our voice of reason says in a moment of awe and terror we're not even supposed to be down here we drilled to the bottom of the ocean and we don't know what came out um and it's essentially she's like we just take and take and take like i couldn't find the exact quote which is stupid because it's like the thesis for the whole important. film yeah. and i was like why is it nowhere but she just says like we just we came down here and we just take and take and take and then we awaken something yeah it's like yeah we did uh, also it's like they, maybe we shouldn't uh frack we shouldn't do fossil yes. fuels anymore we should just do we shouldn't drill no offshore drilling <laughs> yes <laughs> um but uh as mentioned there are monsters afoot uh and the film becomes less aquatic horror and more creature feature when we first catch glimpse of these strange slender man like creatures outside um and as the crew adventures forward to safety they encounter a dead body that appears to have had something emerge from inside of it so they're yeah. like this wound seems like it was internal and came out and so in a truly alien fashion we see that a small creature has been born inside this human and in a move that would greatly anger ripley they bring it inside and then touch it with their bare hands yep <laughs> we were like why are you doing this same thing with like yeah. protocol 
protocol says you can't bring that in here. Yeah, like, um, leave it outside. There's no reason. What? Like, we don't have time for this. We need <laughs> we to get need out to of go. here, not investigate this weird creature. The ocean like... keeps killing us. Yeah. So could we not? Um, yeah. So these creatures turn out to be deep ones, which are Lovecraftian creations. Deep ones are fish-like creatures who reside underwater, obviously, and they're attracted to humans and try to mate with them to create half-breeds of these like fish-human people. Um, yeah. And if you read certain Lovecraftian lore, like Innsmouth, you will um, see some of those fish people. Uh, and for the more majority of the film, we are afraid of those beings specifically. They're lurking beasts that are both incredibly quick and strong. They rip the wacky Paul right out of his hard suit. Just yeah. like, yoink. <laughs> he was just, I was like, oh no. And then they like tell you, like, they're like, how was that possible? Like they had to explain how yeah. impossible that was because we don't know what suits are. Um, and they spend most of the films in the shadow shadows or throwing in or dragging the crew around and at one point the last remaining survivors nora emily and smith encounter a den of them slumbering right in front of the very place that they need to be figures um yeah. <laughs> once they accidentally are awoken you think that's the end of our girl nora until something manages to frighten them and they like skitter off we're not yeah. frightened but like draws their attention and you're like what could be more interesting than a yummy snack like nora <laughs> I mean that yeah. in both definitions yeah. <laughs> of the words. And in the last moments of the film, we're introduced to the monster and king of creatures himself, Cthulhu. Uh, and he has risen. Tian Industries having dug so far deep into this trench that they breached the interdimensional space he was napping in. And he awakens and is angered by the drill. And he seeks to wreak havoc. And his minions, the Deep Ones, race to finish off the last remaining humans as they escape in their pods. So in a last attempt to to save those two and maybe the world, because <laughs> she doesn't know what Cthulhu is, Nora initiates a ridiculously easy self-destruct sequence for the nuclear reactor that no one mechanic should be able to access or launch simply by pushing the space bar, but she does. And we watch as she goes out in a moment of glory, leaving Cthulhu and his friends to scramble away to safety. And yeah. it does not appear to show the death of Cthulhu as if you could just like blow him up or whatever. Uh, and instead hints at the potential for more chaos um, because he just like kind of scrambles. <laughs> like you see him like, he's just like, he's like, oh, that's oh, gross. Tian <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Industries covering up the events and proceeding to dig while Cthulhu lurks along the ocean floor leaves me to believe a sequel could exist or perhaps this opens the door for a film multiverse of Lovecraftian lore and creatures. Like, will Guillermo del Toro finally finish the Mountains of Madness film that I dream about? One yeah. can only hope. <laughs> it can open the doors for all the Lovecraftian lore made by other people uh, and done in a really cool way. Yeah. And if anything, this is also like, okay, don't drill, don't use fossil fuels, but it's also like industry towns are bad. Mm -hmm. like don't let amazon own a town because it yeah. will be bad it's for terrifying. everyone involved um watch sorry to bother you or yeah. severance yeah no like 100 <laughs> so it's like also just like a little nod to the fact that that would be a horrible idea yeah for um, sure yeah i didn't realize it was cthulhu i just thought they were octopus or like squids he was like, so much cthulhu squids. i didn't know i was just like the ocean like, probably has that down there I mean, yeah, Cthulhu probably living down there. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I just like I wasn't thinking like interdimensional space time. I was oh, like, yeah, that yeah, just yeah. lives down there. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I have never doubted for a second that that lives already down in the ocean, and that's why we shouldn't go there. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So all right, that was for me. You know, that's where I was at with that. Um, why don't you tell us more yeah. about the ocean? It's so scary, Gabe. You just don't even understand um so <laughs> in my notes i wrote ocean equal scary and uh <laughs> there's a reason for that because there's just stuff down there that's been here since before the dinosaurs lived through an entire like whatever that was hitting the planet ice ages whatever the world could throw at it it's like whatever this is a tuesday uh then we have a concept <laughs> of time um it's also filled with like monstrous things that are poisonous kill you parasites flesh eating times murder all around everything's just murdering everything all the time um something that was really horrifying for me is that one there are 
anemones that sting you. Starfish are terrifying. Uh, Great white sharks travel thousands of kilometers just to eat baby seals. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a coral that pushes its guts outside of its body and dissolves other coral using digestive enzymes. And I just thought that was insane. So I learned all that from Netflix's dark, like it's like nature, but dark times. I forget what it's Mm -hmm. called, but I'll put it a link to it, I guess, like when we do. Um, But I got a bunch of pictures of scary things. So I'm going to show them to you. And I titled and this. Explain them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course. Um, I call these this list awful things that need to stay far away from me. Um, the first is probably familiar to anybody who saw our other underwater time, uh, because mm. it's zombie worms. Oh, they look right, horrifying. Um, so there's several worms that love to feast on carcasses on land. There's the squeamish maggots or whatever the heck they're called. But down in the ocean, there are zombie worms. They suck out the nutrients out of any bones in the sea using feathery plumes. Um, that is not even the scary abyss. The words you see enjoying essentially a bone buffet uh, are actually all female zombie worms f- filled with 111 males living inside of them. What? Yeah. <laughs> so that lovely image is just... <laughs> 111 worms what? inside of another worm. In case and then they just devour. We did talk about zombie worms in isolation underwater. Yeah. So if you want to hear about that a little bit. There's also the regular blue planet or whatever it's in that. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. Um, <laughs> next are bobbit worms. Aren't those cute? Um, yeah. They're sand they look like crabs or something, or like a yeah. hermit crab. No, because like look how long they are, and look. They also face. really like gold. Like they're pretty pretty. They have these like these gold they're stripes game. that also have like rainbow game. things on it. But that's a worm, right? Like it's still going all the way into the ground. Okay, yeah. So it's like so, a centipede. Yes. Oh it's no, a big centipede baby. Um, <laughs> They are marine ambush predators with bone-hard grappling hooks that can reach up to a length of the equivalent of a human's arm. These worms bury themselves in sand or gravel and can grab and drag their prey 20 feet per second, slicing them in one go using their large spring-like retractable jaw with scissor-like serrated plates. Although they offer... I know. They offer no poison or actual harm to humans, although stepping on one can significantly cause painful wounds on your legs. Uh, if they do not harm you, simply looking at them will give you the creeps. Um, yeah, and they will ruin your day. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's lots of worms on my list. I just want to say that. The next one looks like intestines. So it's oh, mostly yeah. just like gross looking. It's not so much like it's, it's fine. It know, does I look guess. like intestines were dropped on the ground. Oh, I found it. Here you go. Yeah. It just Herbiscus. looks like a bunch of carboscis worms. Uh, they grow at lengths of up to two meters and scavenge for grubs on the sea floor. These worms will eat pretty much anything they come across and have very few, if any, predators. So they're just really gross. They're not so scary. It's just like, I they upset me to and undefeatable. <laughs> yeah, like nothing <laughs> fights them. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> the next one is it's also like crazy that I've memorized all of these. Uh but yeah. so the next one is a stonefish. Oh yeah. Perfectly. Yeah, camouflage. They look like a rock on the floor of a coral reef. The stonefish is the most venomous fish in the world. It has 13 spines along its back that release the venom which could kill humans within just a few hours. So they I just thought the like, little octopus was the most poisonous. I don't know. Or it venomous. says this one. Okay, I believe you. I'm just saying. It says this one. It might say it more than once. I don't know. I pulled these from different sources. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the next is the Sloan Viper Fish, which is also terrifying looking. Um, it's less than a foot long, and it looks... It may seem relatively harmless, but its teeth are a force to be reckoned with. The fang-like chompers are more than half the size of the viper's head, allowing the fish to impale prey by swimming at the victim headfirst, mouth again. Okay. okay, this fish so, looks like a penis, first of all. It does, yeah. But it, the head teeth. of it looks like, 
Yeah, with teeth. It looks like the fish in Finding Nemo when is this like uh I know what you're, you're talking about. Be my best friend. It's a whole other fish that also lives in the ocean and it has a yeah. little light above its head. Yeah. It's it, this one doesn't have the light, but it has the same face. Yeah. Uh, the so next one like is a, a call out to the bay. Yeah. This is Ooh. a giant isopod <laughs> baby. I can't with them. Yeah, they're I so know that creepy. they're not dangerous, but they're the worst. Yeah, so these giant oh isopods live in the deep sea where they catch with it prey they can, allowing slow including slow-moving sea combers, sponges, and nematodes, but mostly scavenge the dead carcasses of fish, squid, and whales. Um, there's just, just so much... I bring my eyes for that one. Yeah, there's so much just, like, fish murder. Like, they just yeah. cannibalize each other. And I get, like, they're different species of fish, so it's not actually cannibalizing. But it's just, like, so much eating each other in murder times. I mean, we eat everything. I don't, personally. I don't either. Like, I do, don't know? either. His texture. Um, <laughs> okay. But, okay. So then we have CC. Oh, CC. Yeah, lionfish. Uh, is known for its many spiky fin rays, which are also happen to be highly venomous. All the really pretty oh. fish are pretty venomous. Uh, found in the Caribbean it's and so East pretty. Atlantic Oceans, the lionfish packs a powerful sting if disturbed. The sting might not be fatal for humans, but it certainly can be painful so if you like think of that new girl episode it could have not been a jellyfish it could have been a lionfish they could have actually found that in the ocean because there are poisonous mm -hmm. and they just like didn't talk about that um, yeah and it was very illegal for him to have it in yeah Nemo. i imagine because they're poisonous yeah <laughs> they murder you can't have them as pets because they will kill you yeah they're um, murderers so my least favorite is next, uh, snakes, but they're water baby snakes. They're sea snakes. <laughs> uh, found in the Indian Pacific Oceans, there are around 50 different species of sea snakes. The most poisonous species is the beach sea snake, whose venom is eight times as toxic as a cobra's. Just oh. 1.5 milligrams of its venom could kill you in up to eight humans. So not even just one <laughs> human, eight humans. Sure. Luckily, they are not known to attack humans often. Just don't provoke them. Just sometimes. Yeah. Who's provoking them? Who's like, no. Nah, I feel nah. like there's a jerk out there that's like, I'm going to mess with this snake and then regret it. So, yeah. That sounds accurate to me. So, sea urchins are also in the water. They're just little spiky balls of poison. Uh, they have sharp poisonous spines which are extremely painful as they pierce the skin the puncture wounds have a tendency to become infected um, but there is one picture here the flower urchin uh, is one of the more perilous sea creatures as is extremely painful stings can lead to paralysis and even death they're usually found on rocky or sandy seabeds of coral reefs in the pacific and indian oceans uh but essentially are venomous. Uh, and you don't want to let its beauty fool you. Each of these flowers is actually a tentacle with a little jaw mm -mm. that can inject toxins, toxic venoms into your and into you and potentially kill you. Um, and it was named one of the most dangerous sea urchins in the 2014 Guinness Book of World Records and is on a list of 30 reasons why the ocean is scarier than space. The next one is a coral. Fire mm. coral, it's very pretty. Um, very pretty. Nemo lives there. No, that's an anemone. Oh, I'm sorry, not the stinging ones, just like me. a regular guy. This is where they left and they went to touch the butt. <laughs> anyway, go on, do your facts. Fire coral, uh, <laughs> actually, aren't corals apparently. So, like, why is what? that its name? They're members of the hydrosa class, which is closely related to jellyfish. Uh, these creatures that ironically attached to coral can inflict a serious sting that causes burning or raised rash. So that's just like a bad time. The next one is a little octopus. It's actually very cute. So it's a shame that it's so deadly. So the blue ringed octopus is really cute and oh, it's all yes. little, it's all little and cute. It but is so cute. It's so murderous. Uh, so it's found in the waters of Australia and Japan. The blue ringed octopus is as dangerous as it is spectacular. When provoked, it's this tiny octopus will start flashing a bright neon blue whilst it may be a dazzling sight one bite can kill a human the, and it's yeah it's gross in that way the pufferfish has nothing to do with the blue ringed octopus but it's as venomous is venomous ten thousand times more lethal than cyanide so Yikes. that's fun 
I've seen like videos, like TikToks and like just random videos where they'll show someone like, oh, look at this cute thing. And then it's just like, it cuts to someone being like, they did. Yeah. <laughs> like, or there's like, I white also people. misread what it was. Is the pufferfish has nothing on the blue ringed octopus, gotcha. as its venom is 10,000 more times more lethal than cyanide, and there is no antidote that exists. Yeah, you so, just, it shuts down your system, your nervous system. Yeah, you system, get it, you die. It's what happens. It's sad for you. Uh. <laughs> But you probably deserved it for touching that. Yeah. Because it warns you. It gives you big blue light. It says, don't touch me. I'm very pretty. Leave me alone. Uh, and then Same. you're like, I want to touch it. And then you touch it and you're dead. So Wait, wait, wait. But look at me. Look at my eyes. Yeah. Big blue light. I'm beautiful. Don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next thing is a textile cone snail, uh, so cool. which is also super pretty. Uh, but essentially uh the cone snail if you get too close to it uh it basically injects venom through their radular teeth capable of paralyzing and killing a human so that little thing at the front there mm-hmm. uh, this is radular teeth it lives a little bite and you're dying um it looks like a shell it looks very pretty if you aren't if you're listening just go to our youtube and watch cat's facts section so you can see all the fish in the yeah. pictures um, the next one is familiar. It's a blowfish slash puffer fish, um, and it possesses venom that is 1,200 times more poisonous than cyanide, so slightly less than the blue-rigged octopus, but still pretty bad. Um, they're one of the most toxic animals in the world, but despite their deadliness, the inflated fish is considered a delicacy in Japan, mm-hmm. where trained chefs prepare it for exorbitant fees. And they have to be really specific about taking out the poison part. Yeah. Because it like, and it's like, it's like an art almost like to yeah. get that thing out of there. Yeah. You got to be really talented. Um, yeah. The next one is, I love its name. It's the flamboyant cuttlefish, but you don't want to cuddle Same. it. You don't want to cuddle it. I'm a flamboyant cuttlefish. Yeah. It is the only toxic cuttlefish known to exist. The colorful creature has been compared to the blue ringed octopus as in its poisonous flesh could kill any predator that dares to feast on it. And like the blue-ringed octopus, uh, marine biologists believe that it, this toxic tank dweller uses its vibrant colors to warn potential predators to stay away. I disagree because I am also toxic and a flamboyant cuddler, so... You're not poison, though, babe. Like, you're not. You <laughs> you're not made though. of poison. Okay. You're not the Britney Spears song or whoever made it originally that Britney Spears sang it also. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Picking it up. This guy, Crown of Thorns Starfish. The so starfish are really scary. I watched it like in the darkness documentary. It like ate other shelled fish in like a really gruesome way. And they just are really gross. And there's so many tiny little holes that make them up. But this oh, guy yeah. is a spiky guy. This is a spiky starfish. Uh, so generally around 13 inches in diameter, the crown of thorns starfish is larger and much more dangerous than its benign, literally washed up relatives on the seashore. The coral-loving creature is covered in poisonous spines that cause intense, immediate pain lasting for up to three hours. The next one is called a stargazer. It is very funny looking. It's a funny looking guy. Look at him. Do? Mood. Yeah. He looks very grumpy. He looks like a grumpy old man. Like yeah. a grumpy Republican. Yeah, they just bury down in the sand, and you don't see them, so you can't avoid them, because they just blend in there. Um, And if you accidentally step on one, you'll know if you've been stung by bleeding, pain, swelling, and slight electrocution. So, (laughs) Just a little electrocution for a treat. Yeah, electrocution for a treat. Uh, This last, my last one I got here. Uh, Is this creepy little, look at his teeth. Look Look at his teeth. He has teeth that have extra teeth. Like, each one of his teeth is several teeth. (laughs) He has 300 rows of needle-like teeth. The shark snags soft-bodied squid and fish in the deep. How it attacks prey is unknown because it's in the deep, deep of the ocean. Um, And just its teeth are so gross. It's scary. Look at his little needle, guys. It's It's also so rude that it attacks soft-bodied when it has teeth like this. Yeah, it could get hard-bodied stuff. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's in there just murdering stuff. It's all scary and whatnot. I'll also point out that, like, these are all things that we know exist. Yeah. Because they're where we can see. Yeah. But there's just, like, <laughs> so, there's much. so much in the we don't know time. 
There's um, so much we don't know. There's so much of the, just the scary. The water is evil and wants to murder you times. Cthulhu is down there. Otherwise, where yeah. did Cthulhu come from in our brains? Well, that's what I, I think. Like, I think it's funny because most Lovecraftian horror. So Lovecraft just was like, sea creatures are scary. Snakes are scary. Bugs are scary. And he yeah. just like all his creatures and, are and like, right. Me... That's the one thing he's right about. <laughs> yeah. And then like, uh, uh, and bats or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like all of his stuff is just like, what do people not want to see? Probably a lot of eyes and slimy creatures with too many appendages that are alien. And it's also funny because like I've been reading Dawn by Octavia Butler yeah. her um Lilith Brood series and the aliens in that the Uloi are like kind of I when I, the way I've been envisioning them is kind of Cthulhuan. <laughs> yeah. like, Cuz they have like tentacles but it's like their tentacles are their hair and their face and it's really weird to explain. Yeah. Um but that's what they are. So I think it's like totally fair to think like if aliens exist that they would look like our sea creatures because they ha- also have to exist in harsh environments and are probably just as like conniving and deadly and beautiful also yeah in the one documentary i was watching it was so scary they like fast forwarded what it looked like and all like the anemones and the little coral and stuff like moved really fast and it looked like they were just like crawling yeah and like being so scary it's like its arms were moving like but like in a really creepy spider-like way and it was horrible yeah. it was but it horrible. takes them like forever to do that because yeah. they're like really slow yeah and, and it's like a joke in nemo who needs friends like these when you have anemones yeah it's good <laughs> living in them anemone yeah um great that was fun cat do you feel like you've convinced everyone to be afraid of the ocean appropriately I mean, I hope so. Uh, one day we'll talk about like all the ways in which if we don't stop the ocean from being mad, it will kill us. Uh, but mm-hmm. now you know it's down there, so you like don't want it to come up here. You want it to stay in the ocean. Um, and if you want to also just be scared of water in general, watch our bay episode. Yeah. yeah. If you want to see what happens when we are affecting it. And yeah. how it, like what happens if it needs to evolve and fight back <laughs> and yeah. it does we decide that we are a snack for it yeah it's like remember your flesh we don't want you to have that now <laughs> sorry you know your tongue that you're very attached to yeah. <laughs> so am i i'm now your tongue yeah i've replaced <laughs> your tongue that giant isopod is now inside your belly uh with all those little that's fun it's so legs. fun um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then also like on top of that, you have this film that tells you that like we just can't exist down there either. Like the environment itself, like not even just like the creatures down there, but just the existence of the ocean is not fit for humans. So yeah. we can't be doing that. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> hopefully you're enjoying. Uh next week we're gonna be talking about my fear, and then we're at two hundred. 200 episodes so make sure you're liked and subscribed uh let us know what your favorite ghouls episode is um just because we would love to hear you know and we are thinking about like revisiting certain topics and maybe doing it in a different way um we are starting a coffee account so that you can support us in a lot of our future endeavors like we're gonna try um making some more films we're gonna try uh, just to be able to support ourselves. Um, we're gonna try. Yeah, if you like our already just regular know. content, you can give money to it because that's what it's gonna do. We just yeah, pay us for, us for what do already this. do. You know, yeah, help us keep do this. Yeah. Um, and then like shout out to some of our new followers on YouTube and just elsewhere. We have Joseph Wilson. Hey, we are listening. You've been chatting yeah, to us this whole time. Dope. We really appreciate you saying that. Um, and there's been a few people who just like started subscribing and we really appreciate you. We have a uh, Mr. Sugar Happy 01, Daunting Phoenix, uh, like I said, Joseph Wilson, <laughs> um, Sydney Toll. Yeah, yeah well welcome. there's like a lot it's pretty cool i don't know you know what you all are expecting <laughs> Hopefully you like it. I don't know. yeah 
uh ryan hathaway ferrix wow there's like so many also like if you have been watching us on tiktok and you found your way to our channel welcome yeah <laughs> hopefully that works let us know um be sure to check out our twitch streams uh they're not quite regular yet but eventually they will be and you can watch me gabe um try to play Elden Ring, it's very scary. I'm not very good, and most of it is just me running away and screaming, but it yeah. could be fun for other people. <laughs> yeah. And one day I'll do it again. We'll figure it out, you know. Yeah, maybe we'll have a regular schedule. I uh, tried to play Dying Light, but it's really hard to do that with headphones in, just because the zombies are always yelling. They're always yeah. just screaming, and it's like to just have that here <laughs> instead of everywhere was a yeah. lot. Yeah. I tried. <laughs> well if we come up with a regular like if you want to see that let us know like leave us a comment uh if you want to see regular twitch content support us if you want to see something like that too um if there if you have your own thoughts about underwater if you're like no gabe you're wrong <laughs> the movie is not it good so bad though. but i totally get it i totally yeah. get what you're saying but also you're wrong because it's a great film and i love it <laughs> Um, and next week we're going to talk about a film that is one of my favorites now. So it was so scary. It's so, it, like that one was legitimately scary for yeah. both of us in ways that like weren't just like put yourself in the shoes. It was just like wow, everything in my house is haunted. Gross I couldn't now. sleep. Yeah, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. So we'll talk about that, and then we'll talk about two hundred, and then we're on to a new series. So um, <laughs> yeah, don't get married. Delete your kids, or cool. your kids will have to be in the ocean forever. Waterworld. Yeah. And then your daughter has the map to lands tattooed on her back, I think is the plot. Someone asked Roland. He that's his favorite movie. Anyway. Don't, <laughs> don't, do don't have the, the kids, the babies, the marriage, the times. Because ocean's scary. You know what? Okay. Because yeah. we're I mean, we're ruining the ocean. Ruining Cthulhu's, the world. Cthulhu's gonna end it all anyway so why even have a little sad octopus he's sad he said he says stop hurting me so that Aww. i don't have to come up to land and murder you all no he wants to do that he's excited <laughs> <laughs> all right bye everyone